Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Fights in Football Friday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, this one is the fight, uh, football portion of the show. You can uh, expect a AFC Championship preview, an NFC Championship preview. Uh, we got um, today's ticket coming up on this, plus a little bit on the coaching news. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Calm. Um, this is going to be a whole lot of fun today. I've told you guys all week that these games could not get here soon enough, and now we are on the, 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 the precipice of this. I'm just, I am so excited. Um, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening in podcast form, subscribe and leave a review. That stuff helps. All right, I can't wait. Let's get into it. Let's talk some football. Just two games to break down on our uh, football Friday here. First, the AFC Championship game. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs go on the road for the second time this postseason and the second time in Patrick Mahomes' career going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore favored by three and a half to four and a half points in this game uh, with the total coming in at 44 and a half. Um, Let's go through the numbers. Kansas City, 11th in EPA per play. Eighth and drop back success rate. They have, like, when you put those numbers out there, that's a very good offense, right? Like, eighth in the league in success rate, 11th in um, EPA per play, eighth in DVOA. This was, this was a good year for this offense. But we expect more than good from the Kansas City Chiefs. And it has been a struggle to find playmakers this year. But now Kelsey has stepped up in the playoffs. Rasheed Rice has had some big moments in the playoffs. I wouldn't bank on it, but MVS has been making catches again here this postseason. So they have had some guys step up on the offensive side of things to help get them into another AFC Championship game. Um, they've they struggled running the ball during the regular season, 26th in running success rate. But I feel like that's gotten a little bit better here in the playoffs. Pacheco is just running angry right now, and that has been a big factor uh, for them in, in stepping up here. So... That, I think, has been a really big help, is Pacheco kind of balancing things off here. And that that's going to be important, as he feels like he is another potential playmaker out there for the Kansas City Chiefs. On the defensive side of things, though, that has been the, the, the unit that has kind of carried a lot of the water this year for Kansas City. They are the ones who have been really helping to push this team into this spot. Let's go through the numbers first and then the, the analysis. They are sixth in defensive EPA per play, fourth in defensive success rate, third in defensive EPA per dropback, and second in defensive success rate per dropback. They have given teams so much problems, or so many problems this year, so much trouble is what I was going to say. They have done a good job of pressuring the quarterback and done a good job of limiting big plays downfield. That's what they did against Buffalo last week. To their credit, they, they limited those big plays. Now, if Stephon Diggs makes a catch, then... Uh, we're not talking about that necessarily. We're probably not even talking about this team. But they have still been able to, to to do that. My issue is they got pushed around by Baltimore last week. And we can say they were limiting the explosives. That's fine. Baltimore was still able to get in the end zone. And they were still within a field goal, a very makeable field goal of tying that game. And it just didn't happen for them. So now... Um, you look at this defense and you look at the real key weakness of them that has me very concerned about this matchup for Kansas City. They are 28th in the NFL in defensive EPA per rush. So teams are putting up some big chunks against this team 
on the ground and you are facing one of the elite run units in the NFL. That is the part of this game that absolutely concerns me. If they can somehow bottle that up, then they, <clears throat> I know, and, and you could say like, oh, turn Lamar Jackson into a pocket passer, but it's not that anymore. And we'll talk about why in a second. It is more funnel this game into the strength that you have and try to take away your weakness. Cause it, it has, it's been a weakness for this team this year, but overall they were seventh in DVOA on the defensive side and sixth in weighted DVOA overall going up against Baltimore team. That was third in run uh, EPA per run and third in rush success rate, sixth in EPA per play overall and fourth in success rate. The big thing for them, like obviously they run really well and they now have a three headed monster with Edwards, with Hill and with um, Dalvin cook coming into the fold. And obviously Lamar Jackson is, and they have unleashed him. I've been saying all week, they, the, those running numbers would probably be like first in both categories if they let Lamar Jackson just run, but they're trying to conserve him for literally these exact moments. There's no more conserving that this is the AFC championship game. You win this game, you go to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is going to have absolutely no governor on him. For, for this one. And that is such a dangerous proposition going up against Kansas City. But let's say, let's say Kansas City is able to do something they've barely been able to do all year and that stop the run. Baltimore is sixth in EPA per drop back and sixth in drop back success rate. They have been able to throw the ball this year. Lamar Jackson has a different presence to him. I said after the game last week, Lamar Jackson has now figured out how to control the game instead of just flowing with it. He is dictating the pace and dictating everything in this game now. His presence in the pocket is much improved. His patience is great. His vision downfield, uh, whether it's in the passing game or seeing run lanes open up and his ability in space to create even more of it um, is, is really, really excellent. He just can do everything. And now I, I do think they've surrounded him with some good weapons. It sounds like Andrews is coming back. Um, even if he's not at 100%, likely was very good. And Zay Flowers has just grown leaps and bounds every week. I I really don't know how you stop this team on offense. Um, you, you kind of need Lamar to beat himself. And he just hasn't been doing that this year. And then, by the way, you run into the number one defense in DVOA this year. They were second in defensive EPA per play. Second in defensive EPA per dropback. Sixth in defensive um, success rate overall and fourth in success rate against dropbacks. This has been an elite defense all season long. There is elite talent at a number of different spots on the football field that is going to give Kansas City problems. The more you look into it, whether you watch the tape or I say tape, I watch it on computer. I don't have big reels in my house, but whether you watch the game film, you look at the stats or anything else, if you just had team A, team B, this is probably six and a half, seven point spread. But it's Kansas City. You you are banking in or baking in, sorry, the respect for uh, Andy Reid, the respect for Patrick Mahomes. This is an offense or the, the, this is a, a Baltimore team that is just, I think, quite a bit better than Kansas City. So I'm going Baltimore minus three and a half. On the NFC Championship game front, it is um, the Detroit Lions, the underdogs, in their first NFC Championship game since 1992, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are the favorite with the line fluctuating between 6.5 and 8.5, and and with a total at 51.5. The big matchup in this game, there's a couple of really, really intriguing matchups in this game. 
One, um, San Francisco's run defense. They were 15th in the league in run defense, according to DVOA, and they gave up 108 yards to Aaron Jones a week ago. Detroit is 6th in EPA per run and 8th in rushing success rate. That is going to be an area that San Francisco has to figure out. They cannot let Jameer Gibbs beat them. If Jared Goff is going to go off, then Jared Goff's going to go off. But you cannot let this ground game pick up seven, eight, nine yards. If they're able to be successful in the run and stay ahead of the chains throughout this game, that is going to be a massive advantage for them. But if you put Jared Goff in second and nine, third and eight type of situations... This is going to be a long day for him. And you can just have Bosa and Young and all of those guys just ears back, ready to go, straight forward to Jared Goff. It's going to be a bad time. It's just, it's not going to be a great day for them. So th this is the key matchup of this football game, I think, is can San Francisco stop the run? And can the Detroit Lions limit the run uh, or get that run game going? But also, the Lions' run defense... Um, they were fourth in defensive EPA per rush. They were first in, uh, run D DVOA going up against a, a 49ers team that is excellent at everything. But again, if you can stop the run and make Brock Purdy beat you, the, the secondary is not great, right? Like it, it, it is just not very good. And it has had some problems all season long, 25th in defensive EPA per dropback and 25th in defensive, uh, dropback success rate. You, you can slice up and dice up the, this team through the secondary. But if you can allow Aiden Hutchinson, again, to just be a pass rusher and just know, all right, it's third and nine, I'm getting after the quarterback here. That is where a lot of success is going to be had with um, with the uh, with the Detroit Lions. So I, I I find this such an intriguing matchup to break down. Because this offense is good for Detroit. Make no mistake about it. And I have uh, kind of poo-pooed them all season long. I do have to give them the, their credit. Like, they have played very well. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is on another level. Jameer Gibbs has been as advertised this year. And Jared Goff has been limiting the big mistakes throughout the season. I do think that having a bit of familiarity on Kyle Shanahan, knowing what to do against Jared Goff, even though, like, Shanahan's not the defensive guy, he's at least been around him and knows how to attack him. I think that helps, but this is a Detroit team, 8th in uh, EPA per play, 7th in success rate, and EPA per dropback. This offense can put up some points, but you are going up against an absolute juggernaut in San Francisco. They are first in every stat that I look at for these previews. First in EPA per play, first in success rate, first in EPA per dropback, uh, first in defensive success rate, uh, sorry, uh, dropback success rate, first in EPA per run, first in run success rate. Everything that you can look at statistically, San Francisco was just better than everyone at. And so, like, the, that run defense matchup is going to be such a fun clash of the titans there to, to get going. Um, Christian McCaffrey is playing like no other running back before, so we'll see if he can keep that up here in this pivotal matchup in the, the conference championship game. And if not, Brock Purdy didn't look good last week, but th this is a defense that has made teams look good before. And with Ayuk out there and with Kittle out there, it just feels like it is going to be too much. There are a couple of factors in this game that really do kind of point the needle toward Detroit. I just think San Francisco has the better coach. 
albeit not the more aggressive one. And maybe Dan Campbell can steal a point or two with how aggressive he is on fourth downs and, and those types of situations. And maybe that helps keep this game a little bit closer. But overall, San Francisco has the better coach. They have the better football team. I, I just, I can't bring myself to say Detroit covers this game. So I am going San Francisco minus seven and a half. We have a couple other plays that we'll look at in today's ticket in a little bit. I do also want to give out a DraftKings lineup. We only have two games to talk about, so uh, I thought we'd extend things a little bit looking at a DraftKings lineup. Uh, we go with San Francisco first at the uh, quarterback spot, Brock Purdy at 6.4K. I am stacking him with Brandon Ayuk at 6.9, as well as George Kittle at 5.3. I just feel like there is a a good value there with George Kittle at 5.3. I know that there's a chance that they're going to like that that's too many mouths to feed on this. Hey, there's only two games. It's going to be tough to get a, a full balance and I just feel like I said before, Detroit's a defense you can pass on. I think Brock Purdy gets back on track and I think he does it through the air with Ayuk and he does it through the air with George Kittle. At running back, uh, we are going Jameer Gibbs. Like I said, San Francisco's run defense ain't great. They won last week by giving up a bunch of yards on the ground. I think that probably happens here again. I'm going Gibbs 6.4. I'm also going Dalvin Cook. I needed to save money somewhere. Cook felt like he was being implemented as a real part of the game plan for Baltimore in that game uh, in the AFC Divisional round. I think he comes back in this game and, and puts up a, a strong showing as well. So I'm going Dalvin Cook at 4.2. We already talked about Ayuk at 6.9K. Um, Zay Flowers at 5.9K. He has just grown so much as a receiver throughout this season that I think that this is going to be a uh, a good game for him. I have to have at least one Chief on here, so I'm going Rasheed Rice at uh, 6.5K. I think he's going to be a real big part. If Kansas City is, as I expect, down in this game, he's going to be a big part of the passing attack to try to pick up a, a few yards. So I could see maybe not a big yardage game for him, but a good volume game for Rasheed Rice. We already talked about George Kittle as the tight end. Uh, and in the flex spot, it's Mark Andrews at 5K, uh, with my defense being Baltimore at 3.2. A Andrews, you're never going to get him at 5K again. And he, if he is actually back, then that is a steal of a deal for me. A little bit of news and notes here before we close the football portion of the show today. Uh, Raheem Morris is the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Morris has been a defensive coordinator after being a very, very young coach, has worked his way back up into this opportunity. He 100% deserved another opportunity. I question how you get this opportunity after being defensive coordinator for a team that didn't have a whole lot of success defensively in the, the LA Rams, but he, he has paid his dues. He has worked his way back up. I just don't get why it's Atlanta giving him this opportunity. I don't understand how this team looks at what happened last year and thought, yeah, you know what? We need to really solidify the defensive side of things. This is a team that has so many weapons on offense with London, with Pitts, with uh, B. John Robinson. They need to figure out the quarterback spot, but this is a team that I think has so much potential offensively that just went untapped a season ago. I would have loved for a quarterback or for a coach to come in here and be able to really guide this thing back to uh, guide the, guide this offensive ship where we think it should be going. So that's why I was so surprised at this one. And now the other intriguing part, there's only two jobs left and there are three gigantic names out there in uh, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel. And it sounds like Washington's kind of made up their mind on Lions offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. And Seattle, it's been Dan Quinn for forever. 
it would be stunning to see all three of Carol Vrabel and Belichick just not coaching next season. Um, now, maybe they want to pick their spot. That's fine. But it's why I think Philadelphia, it's why I definitely think Dallas should have reconsidered their coaching option and why I think Philadelphia maybe needed to be a bit more aggressive in the coaching run. I get Sirianni took this team to a Super Bowl a year ago, but this is not a regular group of head coaching candidates. So I... I, I just think that this is going to be a real waste that three of the best coaches in the league are going to be sitting at home on the first weekend of the NFL season in 2024-2025. It's, it, it is actually shocking to me. I think it does show how much control some of these GMs and some of these owners, quite frankly, want to have over their teams, that they're not going to allow some of these guys to, to come in and, and take a bit of control, but it's just, it's very surprising to me. Uh, all right, let's close this one out with today's ticket. All right, we have four items on today's ticket from the two football games. We're not going any hockey or baseball this weekend. This is a football weekend, so we can figure out how much money we have to blow on prop bets for the Super Bowl. Uh, we will start with uh, San Francisco minus seven and a half against Detroit. Like I said, I just I can't I can't bring myself to not take this 49ers team um, in the AFC Championship game. We are going Baltimore minus three and a half. I was able to lock that in last night, uh, so we are doing that. Also, uh, we are going Lamar Jackson. Over 277 and a half passing and rushing yards combined. I, I think Jackson is improved as a passer. He's going to be able to put up some big numbers. I think he is lethal as a runner. I think he's going to be able to put up some big numbers. And I think that this is going to be a big Lamar Jackson game. And so because of that, I also have Baltimore's team total at over 24 and a half. I cannot wait for these games on Sunday. I am so excited to talk about them with all of you coming up on Monday's show. Going to be at a friend's place watching the games, so no uh, instant reaction following um, both games, but we will have the breakdown of both games coming up on the show on Monday. Uh, also coming up on Monday, I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960 The Fan three days next week, Monday, Thursday, and Friday. It's all-star break time, uh, so I'm popping in there Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to be at Wild Rose Wrestling in a bit of a different role than you've seen me in before. Uh, I'm going to be commissioner for a day, so uh, check me out at Wild Rose Wrestling coming up on Tuesday. Um, or if you want more wrestling from me, check me out basically right away um, as I'm going to be doing part two of this podcast. It's a fighting Friday as we look at the WWE Royal Rumble plus fights to make after UFC 297. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. Make sure you leave a review or you like this and I will talk to all of you in just a second.